Here's Gandalf setting sail. What in the fuck? He literally is dressed with the Gandalf hat and beard and shit. Oh, I, I fucking said Gandalf. What yeah, did you no, think I, I, I meant? I thought you meant old, tall old man. No. <laughs> literally dressed like Gandalf. <laughs> Towing an inflatable unicorn. We went down the rivers. We crossed the plains. Over the mountains. We fought in streams. We went west. We trapped. And the USA. USA. Did I tell you about what I got to witness this week at work? No. So you know how I work on the water now at a boat rental place? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were moving a yacht out of the canal, about 80 footer. They didn't have, like, a Zodiac or any other kind of boat, so they used a fucking jet ski. And it was everything I thought it could be. It was such Florida man shit. I was going like, to say, please, <laughs> please describe what the guy looked like on the jet ski, because uh, I'm, I'm picturing Kenny Powers. He even had a mullet. <laughs> he, he was like Kenny Powers after hitting rock bottom, I guess, which I guess that's part of Kenny Powers anyway, but, you know, like, yeah. He was, like, slightly more methed out, Kenny Powers, Ooh. and not as good of a goatee, Ooh. but the hair was about the same. And he wasn't wearing the Oakleys, but um, yeah, other than that, it was pretty much there. And it was like a fucking one of those like pink and yellow like splash graphic fucking oh, old, old yeah. jet skis. Oh yeah. yeah, but that guy's just pushing up against it and just fucking giving her the onion, and then it starts drifting in towards other boats. So he has to like go around the other side and be like pushing <laughs> it. And oh man, it was fucking majestic, dude. And the only way that would have been better is if someone had thrown a coffin in the water and then the sides blew off and it turned <laughs> into a jet ski and the dude popped out. Right. <laughs> All of MacGyver. God. I will continue to swear, Dustin, this jet ski ain't a goddamn toy. <laughs> yes, it is. Do you know what would happen if you would have dry accelerated this jet ski on land? He would have ruined it. If you're really strapped for cash, sell the jet ski. I don't tell you what to do with your money. Don't fucking tell me what to do with mine, okay? And Cassie, do not stare at me with those dead eyes, you jerk bitch. Kenny, instantly I regret saying that. That was a horrible thing to say. It's just, I'm Kenny Powers, and I'm very upset with how I'm acting right now. I just have a very hard time expressing my emotions, and I can't stop from yelling. So I'm very sorry. I don't mean to offend you, Wayne. You have fucking pissed me off, but I'm just very upset right now. So I'm gonna go ahead and go, but I'm not gonna stop yelling because then that'll mean I lost the fight. But so yeah, the, yeah, the new job on the water has been interesting. We gotta get our mastodon ranch going. That's oh, right, yeah. God damn it. Yeah, like I said, I was reading an article about that too. Different article than the one you posted. Yeah, I mean like, they they've been working on it for a while now, but they they're finally getting, they're getting serious. They now, fi- they're finally like ramping that shit up. So stay tuned, folks. Within the next decade, you might be able to enjoy a tasty mastodon steak. Oh God. And not Mastodon, Woolly Mammoth. Well, Well, actually, it'll be Asian Elephant with severe genetic modifications. (laughs) They'll teach you how to talk. It's just going to be like, kill me. I'm an abomination. I'm an affront to the eyes of God and nature. I didn't know Woolly Mammoths believe in God. That's crazy. Usually, whenever you make some kind of monster all of Frankenstein, they get kind of religious on you. I don't know why that is. (laughs) All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was fucked.
I'm gonna say this is uh, what season four, episode one, something like that. Because we we basically had a three episode hundred uh, hundredth episode hundredth that episode came in lasted like three episodes. Hundredth uh, uh, episode to the third power. That's Except right. That's not how that math works. To the either, third Kenny power. This yeah. jet ski ain't a goddamn toy. Either way, it's a it's a it's a fresh new day. This is a we'll call this the post greasy grass era of the show. Yeah. Um, it's all going to be shark jumping from here. <laughs> but today we got something that's, um, you know, like, I don't know, this one's probably a little more obscure for people than a lot of the stuff we normally talk about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tony, what do you know about, well, Will, you're going to have to help me out with some of the cinnamon. I'm just going to call it the Big Burn, but it's also called, what, the, the Hellstorm and the... Whatever it, you want to call it. It has other names. Hellstorm sounds tight. That sounds like a, I don't know, like a fucking Van Damme movie or something. Probably was the big burn. What do you know about the big burn? Yeah. Big burn. Uh, Feel the burn. Uh, did he have a friend, like an imaginary <laughs> friend named Snuffleupagus? Oh, that's what it is. Uh, it's also called the big blow up, the big burn, the Great what Fire the of 1910, fuck? or the Devil's Broom Fire. The Devil's Broom Fire. I don't know why that is. But <laughs> that sounds vaguely sexual somehow. I think it's because of like you know. Like how a broom does a clean sweep. Oh, of the okay, yeah, 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 okay. So this is telling me that it's—I don't know where it is, but it probably burned down like a fucking several whorehouses and gambling establishments. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Think bigger, more, more fire. Oh, uh, fuck! I—I I don't know, man. Is this, is this about that movie, uh, fucking Dante's Peak or something? Exactly. Uh, and actually, also, uh, uh, there's the movie with Howie Long where he is a firefighter. Backdraft? No. No, it's shit. Uh, well, I'm sure it is. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it, it's like got no stars on IMBD. Uh, we'll get, we'll get to that. In the when same we get town to uh, of Wallace, Idaho. Yeah. Oh, shit. Which is one of the best stores on the planet, which is the North Idaho Trading Company, where you can go buy all your taxidermy and all your guns. Oh, that's the place you were telling me about. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, and Sasquatch then, paraphernalia. You, you know what's crazy is uh, I got my Hardwick shirt on, which is the best hardware store in Seattle. They got priced out of uh, the U District and they moved to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh, Coeur d'Alene? Yep. Oh, well, then I'll actually go there if it's Sandpoint. No, I fuck will. Sandpoint. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't worry, Sandpoint got burned too. Well, yeah, we should have stayed burnt. <laughs> so, Will, let her buck with your comic sans and lovely NPR voice. It consumed three million acres in barely two days. Holy shit. Yeah, so you think the little bitch fires we've been having the last couple global warming ass summers have been bad? This is a no fucking around cataclysmic. Yeah. This is pretty much the whole panhandle of Idaho and Montana and Washington and into Canada, too. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. So 10,000 men would fight the fire. With swords and guns. Mm -hmm. The army would send in troops. Oh, it was 1910. Of course we started (laughs) to drop some bombs on it. (laughs) Uh, Fire shooting at us! (laughs) Forest Service was only five years old at the time. Comprised of like eight people. I'm only five years old. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Now get out there, kid. Fight in there. <laughs> so the moneyed interests in the East would jump on this fire, kind of the saying, uh, see if you uh, let us cut it all down, this wouldn't have oh, happened. Oh, they never hurt. do that anymore either. <laughs> if they just, you know, rake the forest floor, it'd be yeah, fine. Yeah. Well, that and, oh, if you just let us cut down all the old growth that, you know, has survived thousands of fires instead of cutting down all these little bullshit, like, pecker poles that aren't good for anything, you know, mm-hmm. that are actually the... And the underbrush that causes the fire, but fucking cunts all the time. 
just, just relentless. Anyway. But it was the first organized large-scale battle against the forest fire in the United States. Join the war effort. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt's just like, let me at him. Oh, you don't even know. <laughs> you don't <laughs> even know. <laughs> I'm so stoked. We're, we're, Are we getting a new Teddy talk out of this one? Maybe. We, yep. If you got time this week, we should. Uh, we're going to jump to, uh, also, this is going to be a lot about Gifford uh, Pinchot and oh, Teddy yeah, Roosevelt, nice. too. Uh, February 1899, Gifford goes to visit TR when he was governor in Albany. They knew each other from sportsman circles. <laughs> like fantasy football? <laughs> no, it's more like in those days when you form a giant circle full of sportsmen and trap all the animals within it and just fire a squad. It's <laughs> probably more accurate. But. All the fucking uh, Ninja 3 yeah, domination. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Pincho was there as a national forester. They went to look at the Andorondacks, or a possible subject of a book. Chairs? The mountains in oh. New York. But basically, the real purpose was to get out and climb Mount Marcy. That was the tallest in New York. 5,300 feet. Pussy. Uh, <laughs> both Pincho and TR were adrenaline junkies. Uh, Teddy had sponsored Pincho in the Boone and Crockett Club that he Ooh. made with... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, the, yeah, you know what the Boone and Crockett Club is, Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, it's like the gun club kind of thing. Well, it's a... I killed the biggest animal yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, look at my cool guy, Big Dick Deer. Yeah. With the freaky antlers. <laughs> and it's Big Dick. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, speaking of big dicks, TR then channel challenged to wrestle Pincho for fun. <laughs> because so they of course. stripped down to their skivvies. They had a uh, wrestling mat there that was installed at the cost of the taxpayers at the governor's mansion. I am imagining them in like a smoking room, like with cigars and like fucking. Oh. You know, like classical music playing. Oh, there's going to be a guy, yeah, wearing a fez, wearing a you <laughs> totally. know, a smoking jacket. Anyway, like I said, yeah. um, I think I'm going to kick the shit out of yeah. you. Yeah, no, jolly good, jolly good, jolly good. Strip down, yeah. skivvies only, man. Uh, so Tr enjoyed what he called quote violent amusement. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that shit up. Oh. Uh, Gifford had six inches on Tr. But TR had 35 pounds on Pinchio. Oh, God. I'm just imagining, like, you're only talking about their dicks. That's it. <laughs> 35 pounds. Uh, it's not about the length. It's girth, baby. If you have an erection weighing over 50 kilograms, <laughs> so consult your position. Uh, TR liked to taunt his opponents, and he managed to finally flip and pin Gifford. Because, of course. Fucking lawless wicked time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, these are like the rich boys. Yeah, like, I know. That's what's fucking poor, crazy. Poor people were out just tying their arms together and cutting each other. You yeah. Know? <laughs> this just sound, it sounds like some trailer park shit, yeah. but who, it's happening in like a fucking governor's Who country. wants to watch my toddler fight a pack of coyotes? <laughs> uh, the two had uh, much in common. Both came from wealth, but hated the rich. Both grew up in Charter Manhattan. Self-loathing. <laughs> And learned of the outdoors over long summers in the country. Both were educated in the country's best colleges, but were bored with school. Both lost women at early death. Both were passionate about nature. Lost women at early death? To an early death. Oh, okay. At early death? Don't go to early death. That's you had like another stroke? Well, it sounds like a terrible nightclub. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I just lost. She's gone, man. Yeah. We went out for a nice dinner at early death. and <laughs> Or it's a grocery store. God. They just sell nothing but pork rinds and pork rinds <laughs> related. <laughs> yeah. Malt liquor. 
both were hyper competitive, and so the wrestling. Both were reformists and self righteous bastards. Both drank very little and went to church. Both men thought they could change the world. God damn, this shit is like Ooh. weird. It's all over the place. Yeah. Also, it kind of sounds like like the rich kid in school that. Like after after they graduate high school, they like go to France for like you know three months or something, and they Bar- come back and they start speaking with Bar- a French Bar- accent. Barcelona, yeah, totally. I was in Barcelona. <laughs> I was in Barcelona. <laughs> Have you had any tapas? God, you people make me thick. Uh, <laughs> uh, Teddy came from Dutch Knickerbocker stock. Uh, Pinchot came from Napoleonic France. Mm. His grandfather was a supporter of the emperor, and fled to the United States after Napoleon's second exile. In America, he would become a timber baron, mm-hmm. becoming one of the richest men in Pennsylvania after deforesting Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, you know what's a good way to make money is take everybody's trees and be the only person that sells them. Mm-hmm. So Gifford's parents told him he'd be destined for greatness. Mm. Why we're talking about him now. Yeah. That's right. Don't encourage your kids. Yeah. <laughs> Get behind a fucking violent dictator, and then when he loses, be exiled to America. I didn't know that Gifford Pinchot had so much to do with the East Coast simply because, you know, we have that whole ass forest out here. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gifford Pinchot National and, Forest. And plus, and we have real trees here, <laughs> not your little bullshit East Coast. And real trees. mountains. And real mountains. Suck uh, at East Coast. <laughs> it's a blanket state. <laughs> All of it. So uh, Pinchot went to Yale and wanted to find his own way in the world, i.e. not cut down all the trees. He wanted to be a forester, a job that didn't really exist yet. So he went to France to study forestry there. And when he returned home in 1890, he was dismayed how Americans saw their forests. In Europe, they're hailed as glorious and unspoiled, which except for they've been cut down a million times since the video planted in like rows. When I was in fucking Germany, yeah, it's like what seems like it's a hundreds of year old forest, but it's all in fucking rows because it's been chopped down like forty times. Mm -hmm. But I will say that their forest rangers out there are are not fucking around. It's like the dudes that uh, drive around in a Subaru Outback with like a rifle and a big black dog. What the fuck is a German Forest Service person look like? All I know is like if you ran over a fucking tree and they caught you, they're going to charge you for like the tree and then three generations of later trees. You know what I'm saying? Tight. Like everything. No, uh, I can get behind that. Uh, in America, he thought they were called a uh, plunderer's buffet, the forests. Mm, plunderer's buffet. Uh, my favorite restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, that right appalled him. Death. Uh, land was being sold cheap uh, by the government to the railroad and the timber and mining peoples. Pinchot's grandpa wanted him to run the fanny family business. Not fanny run the business. fanny. <laughs> the fanny business. Where he would be rich, but instead he went out west and slept on the cold ground. Mm. Wow, that's pretty heroic, sleeping on the cold <laughs> ground. <laughs> that means I'm a hero. Yep. <clears throat> went out west to Arizona, then California, and then the northwest. He was in awe, and he was happy. Yeah, because we have better fucking mountains. But then he had to go back to the gloom of the east. What else could he do? I Sleep on the cold fucking ground. I guess so. That's what, what's his name, did? Muir. Yeah. Oh, Muir. Yeah. Muir's Mir, a fucking hippie, though. Yeah. Uh, he hung a single uh, shingle outside an office on 4th Ave and 22nd Street in New so York City. So for putting, I see your confused face. Like a dog that's being taught math. Um, like I'm just imagining a, hey, a roofing tile hanging no, to, over. To hang your door. shingle means you put up your sign. It's, oh, it's, okay, it's, it's a euphemism. 
It just read Consulting Forester, which she might have been the nation's only forester. Yeah. He kind of created his own job. Hey, <laughs> hey Gifford, <laughs> what kind of tree should I have? This is imagine people like you like, should have a spruce taunting taunting him too. <laughs> hey man, you fucking trees lately, man. <laughs> Uh, his reputation grew quickly, though, aided by his dad's contacts, though. And from the YouTube video that slipped to him wrestling Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> Some fucking, uh, what's a, that shitty influence, like Jake shithead that, oh, gets, the, that the, now is an MMA fighter. Yeah. That him and his dumb Paul? fuck brother. Yeah, Jake Paul. Jake and Logan Paul. Fucking ding dong oh, dipshits. Call an airstrike. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Good. You're fortunate. Stay that way. <laughs> <laughs> so when American cities actually wanted a park, they went to Frederick Law Olmsted and his two sons. But when it was the subject of trees, they went to Gifford. So he said, so they were what kind of tree should I plant there? Spruce. <laughs> spruce. <laughs> but he spent all his free time outdoors, so he's that kind of guy. Yeah. Living the dream. Mm-hmm. Easy to do when you're a trust fund kid. And when there's... Like, not really a whole lot of civilization. Yeah, well... It's, when there's, like, way more outdoors than there yeah, is indoors. that's true, but still it's a lot easier to be like, okay, I'm cold now, I'm going to go home. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Fall of 1892, Pinchot first met John Muir in the Adirondacks. Uh, a few days later, Pinchot sent Muir a hunting knife. Yeah. An item which he had no use for. Because Muir was he's a hippie. hippie. <laughs> but Muir became a friend and mentor, at least at first... So they both tore the West as part of a National Forest Commission and then in 1896. They, and then they wrestled in their underwear and they had a falling out. Yeah. <laughs> and then Muir turned his uh, gift of a knife into a curse and stabbed. <laughs> well, you, end of you, episode. You've seen pictures of John Muir, right? We've, yeah, yeah. Like We've I, I got that uh, when we did the Bernie, like I, I photoshopped Bernie mm-hmm. with him and um, TR standing yeah, at you. Yeah. 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 I, he, he definitely looks like an old wood hermit, totally. you know, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So they were trying to help President Grover Cleveland with what to do with big parts of the West. Uh, Muir was kind of an observer. Uh, Gifford was a leading voice for public forestry. At the Grand Canyon, the two snuck away from the rust uh, at the hotel and camped at the rim. At night, Gifford caught a tarantula, but Muir wouldn't let him kill it. <laughs> Goddamn hippie. <laughs> <laughs> Why was he wanting to kill it in the first place? Because it's a thing. It's an animal. We <laughs> oh, need yeah. to kill oh, it yeah. to preserve it. And then Mirror's like, oh, man, it's got a family back at home. It's <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. come back for revenge. Its kids are going to come kill us in our sleep. It has a special set of skills. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so after returning east, the commission recommended Mount Rainier and Grand Canyon be made national parks and yeah. told President Cleveland to establish a number of forest reserves. That number was two. Um Cleveland was a lame duck and had a mischievous side, so he used his power to create all these reserves before... And invent the whoopee cushion. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the capital saw it coming. Uh, ten days before leaving office, he established 21 million acres of forest reserves. Yeah, that's a pretty dope. fucking... That's pretty dope, like, fuck you move when well, you... Well, yeah, there. and you don't really think of Grover Cleveland as no. doing anything very useful, but that's kind of nice. That's mm-hmm. kind of fucking awesome, actually. We're yeah. just like, <laughs> all right. take that fuck face. All right, Grover, I see you. I said, all right, yeah. all right. I'm sure you had other terrible things that you've done I'm in your sure. life. So Congress tried to shoot it down, but Cleveland vetoed the bill. Aha! <laughs> but it put forestry on the front page of all over America. That's kind of awesome. 
printed on a bunch of the trees that have been killed, <laughs> being killed by the hearsts. For <laughs> so, so Congress uh, passed the Forest Fire Act of 1889 or whatever, where they just like, well, fuck you, Grover, we're going to burn it all down. Yeah, fuck yeah. This. We're just going to make sure that fucking, uh, what's his name, not George Hearst, the, the Hearst before that. Can, oh, Patty? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Never mind. Wasn't George first, and then William? Or yeah, that's right, William Randolph. Yeah, because George was the gold miner, and then yeah. William Randolph's the publicist. Something like that. Then Peppermint Patty. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. We were playing hangman. Uh, the new Republican president, William McKinley, though, immediately suspended Cleveland's order. Nice of him. Motherfucker. Uh, so they name a mountain after him. Mm-hmm. Well, they did, and then they took it away because he's a dickbag. Yeah, exactly. Uh, McKinley turned to Pinchot to help him decide what to do. So Pinchot was named, quote, confidential forest agent. So he's a secret agent. Ooh, secret forest agent. Uh, he was told not to secretly, uh, he's told secretly not to piss off land barons and their supporters in Congress. But Gifford toured the West and took notes, but his report was buried in D.C., but McKinley was impressed enough by him and made him forester, head of a tiny division with no power. He was given a staff of 10, but he had no land to manage and no oversight and no authority. I'm literally just picturing like 10 guys in like khakis, like sitting in a room, drinking coffee, just Doing wait, waiting for shit to do. <laughs> Looks like an AA meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so at this time, that's when he goes to Roosevelt's and to Russell and Box. Oh. But, uh, cut out of boredom. Frustration. <laughs> But uh, so uh, wait, who won the fight? Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy won the wrestling match, but okay. then after that they would box. Oh no! So TR's strategy to, would be uh, like a windmill of fists, <laughs> like Andy Coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Coffin fighting a woman. <laughs> and Pincho was classically trained as a boxer, so he's going like that. Oh sweet, he's got the twenties boxer fisticuffs mm-hmm. kind of shit going on. So he used to, you know, he's got a half a foot on him, so he kind of used his height to keep him at bay. Uh, Teddy landed a few glancing bowl blows. Uh, when his opening came, Gifford hit Teddy uh, hard a few times. TR was stunned. Then Gifford threw a roundhouse and knocked down Teddy. Wow. Or like a kick? No. Oh, I was, I was imagining like a Jean-Claude Van Damme just... Yeah, yeah boxing still meant boxing. Well, yeah, that's why I was like, roundhouse? What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, Roadhouse. Boy, don't you remember like shit like, you know, when Sitting Bull did a flying spin kick to, you know. <laughs> Bicycle kick? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about f- like fighting back in those days. It's it's not. No rules. Well, that, but just, yeah, but kind of. Well, like, yeah, no, it was like. like w- weirder stance, like, that makes no sense and the way you kind of hold your fists and stuff. Yeah, like the, like, what's the, the mascot from the fucking whatever that sports ball team is? The Fighting Irish? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just because he's shit-faced. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> Probably see it double right now. Yeah. <laughs> I got two fists, one for the each of uh, yep. uh, 19 months later, an anarchist shot McKinley at the Pan American Expo in Buffalo. Weird. Usually the anarchists use dynamite. That was uh, September 6, 1901. Roosevelt was out hiking in the Adirondacks. Uh, he basically was nominated VP mostly to get rid of him by the party bosses. Uh, but for a while, it looked like uh, McKinley was going to get better. So TR went back to the mountains. And Didn't McKinley, like, basically, when they were dig- trying to dig the bullet out, they just had their poopy hands and were just kind of finger-banging his bullet hole? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> going to make you all better. 
So he's uh, walking down a mountain when he gets word that McKinley was uh, dead. On his cell phone? Or going to die. <laughs> oh, you know, like straight up Ricola. Yeah, totally. So he this. runs downhill and caught three, rode three horses and caught a train back to D.C. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing two like skis and I, I don't know what he's doing with the other one, holding it like a baby, I guess. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt is coming. Also, he's like, up in the mountains. You can see, I'd imagine you can see like the state, you know, the capital from, from the mountain. Yeah. And it's like when the Pope. Fucking when they pick a new yeah. pope and the smoke comes up out of the fucking yeah, chimney. Where I was picturing like a Hawklands, I was always like, what, "What's going on, Archimedes? McKinley's is dead. I must get back to DC. Give me my horse skis." Yeah. Shit. So uh, McKinley dies eight days after he was shot. Yeah, because they were finger banging his wounds with their poopy hands. <laughs> so TR was the youngest president to take office. Now, he and Gifford could work together and protect shit like they've been talking about all these years. You, you know how old he was when he was... He's 42? I think that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Enter William A. Clark. Not the one from 1804, but the one from 1904. Uh, he was the richest and most hated man in Montana. Yeah. Uh, he was also its United States senator, senator, a position he bribed his way to get. Oh, he's the... The first Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. Well, I would. This is pretty late in the eighteen or yeah, not, it's already nineteen hundred. So there was many before that. Come on, you, oh we, right, Mitch McConnell was born in eighteen fifty, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've talked about like like Lion and like yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of pieces of shit. God, I can't Lions. I can't get his fucking face out of my head. He looks like a psycho. He looks like he should be like like bunkmates with fucking Charlie uh, the Helter Skelter Manson. Manson, yeah. Play music and I smoke a little grass now and then. Because it helps me, and I like to relax with it. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> he set out to corner the market on copper, which Butte was known for. Yep. Man, never take which is why they copper. have that super pristine lake full of awesome water. Oh, that- God. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one where, like, the, the Ge- geese shit in it, it, it turned it into a giant blob from well, that movie, No, no, no. Well, not so much that. It's just also, like, it's so toxic that geese, oh, geese land and, and die. And die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but right. they, they have found some kind of, like, shit. Like that well, is a, living there eating is like slowly eating the chemicals out yeah. of it. And it's a big blob that they, they tested it and it's it's a culture of like a gut flora from inside a goose. Yeah. Because it, it, it like ate a bunch of geese and alive. And it speaks Latin when you poke it with your test tubes <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And it can play guitar. Yes. Wow. It reminds, it's like drippy from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> yeah, totally. Idle hands spend time at the genitals. And you know how much God hates that. Uh, so copper was king at this time because telephones and electricity were new. Yeah. Uh, Mark Twain said of uh, Clark. Fuck that guy. To my mind, he is the most disgusting creature that the Republic has produced since Tweed's time. Holy wow. shit, dude. Ooh, that's, that's a low blow. That bo- <laughs> that's boss Tweed, old New York shit. Fuck, mm-hmm. dude. Also, he is a rotten human being as can be found anywhere under the flag. Man, if, if Mark Twain's fucking casting that much shade on you, you got to be a piece of shit. Yeah, no shit, dude. Uh, Clark was worth $200 million. That's at a time when there was only 4,000 millionaires in the whole country. Oh, that's a lot of millionaires. Mm-hmm. Uh, Butte, Montana, May 27th, 1903. President Teddy and Clark sat at a table next to each other at dinner, but the two hated each other. Awesome. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> Just glaring at each other. <laughs> uh, before that, he stopped in Wallace, Idaho. Yeah. And Wallace was another opponent of TR's. 
Senator Wilbur or Wilden Hayburn. Uh, he was a fellow Republican and chief ally of Clark. Uh, oh, fellow probably representative. They pr- might be Democratic. I don't know. I'll have to look that yeah. up. If they're, if they're mortal enemies, they yeah, probably would be Democrats. Likely. Oh, I'm, I'm taking it you just put the abbreviation REP? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so it's either a representative or a Republican. One or the other. Yep. I mean, I mean, we, that, we pride ourselves on our accuracy on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I make that mistake whenever I'm watching the news. It'll be like REP, so, 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 so. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> They fought TR on progressive ideas of day, like a eight-hour workday, and child welfare laws. Mm. Of course, Hayburn hated the idea of a national forest should be all privately owned, so yeah. they can cut it all down. We'll let the market figure it out. Yeah. Uh, TR followed Pinchot's lead and became friends with Muir, whom he visited on a 1903 trip. Is that uh, the Yosemite one? Probably. Uh, just imagine two of them because they both like to talk about endlessly about. Subjects. Well, yeah, isn't that the one where he kind of like snuck away with Mirror and just brought the, they brought a cook with him mm-hmm. and like forty eight blankets or whatever and just like just all night just talking about trees and I like crickets, <laughs> I like birds. <laughs> you ever wonder what it would be like to be a woman? I've thought about that my entire <laughs> life. How the West was fucked. We'll be right back. <laughs> It's time to learn a lesson And his big book of facts from 1911 Flies walking on the ceiling For a long time it was supposed that the ability of the fly to walk on the ceiling was owing to each of his feet being a miniature air pump. This, however, was proved to be fallacious, and the theory was propounded that it was by means of a viscous substance excluded from the hairs on the feet. Some 20 years or so ago, this theory was thoroughly investigated by Dr. Rombouts, who demonstrated that it was only partially sound, for though the hairs which with the foot cushion is covered do certainly exclude an oily liquid, the liquid is not sticky and does not harden when dry. Dr. Rambouts proved his experiments that the true theory of the walking of flies on smooth substances is that they hang on by the help of capillary adhesion molecular attraction between solid and liquid bodies. By a series of nice calculations, such as weighing hairs and measuring their diameters, and sticking the cut end of hair in oily water to make it adhere when touched to glass, this scientist proved that capillary action would uphold a fly were it four-ninths as heavy again as it is at present. It is true that the foot hairs are very minute, but as each fly is said to be furnished within 10,000 to 12,000 of these, we need not be surprised at what they can do. Reasoning from this theory, we would conclude that flies find it difficult to mount a glass slightly dampened because of the repulsion between the watery surface and the oily liquid excluding from the feet, and they are likewise impeded by a slight coating of dust because the interspaces between the hairs are filled with dust, and observation seems to show that this to be the case. When we see a fly making his toilet... He is not, as we might suppose, cleaning his body, but his feet, so that they may the more readily adhere. What the fuck? Of course, this is the age of the robber barons, and they're getting used to their uh, land for free. (laughs) (laughs) It's been going on for 300 years. Uh, Northern Pacific Railroad was given 40 million acres. The Union Pacific, 11.4 million acres. So you combine those, that's about the size of New England. But that wasn't enough for them. 
They sold their land to ranchers and city builders, then took the timber from the reserves. Uh, J.P. Morgan combined both the railroads and made uh, controlled uh, one quarter of all rail travel in the United States. Then he raised freight prices. Of course he did. And, of course, protests followed. Uh, and, of course, those got beaten the shit out of by cops and Pinkertons and every other fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Circle of America. So Teddy was pissed, so he decided to fight back, too. Yeah. Fight, fight, um, fight. Also get uh, John uh, Rockefeller into the mix here. He bought the Anaconda Mine in Montana, which you could still see mm-hmm. from the Why do they highway? call it the Anaconda Mine? Because it's, it's in Anaconda, Montana. Why uh, is it called wait, Anaconda, Montana? Because they decided to call it Anaconda. <laughs> I think, Ooh, scary. Well, on, you know, Chicken Alaska. Who the fuck knows? Right. Moose Shaw, Canada. <laughs> Why do you, why do anything? Yeah, that's true. I like whenever you drive through there on the highway. It uh, there's also a town near there called Opportunity, and so the sign for the exit is just says Anaconda Opportunity. <laughs> I'm like, what does that? Mean? <laughs> just drive by. Yeah, last chance to just comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Rockefeller was perhaps the richest man who ever lived. Actually, wait a minute too. Also in Anaconda, where they have that giant smokestack that you can see for like miles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, J.P. Morgan and Weyerhaeuser weren't far behind him. Weyerhaeuser. Uh, Justin, for inflation, Rockefeller had four times as much as Bill Gates. T.R. called him the most dangerous members of the criminal class. He returned the $100,000 that Standard Oil donated to his election fund, which is unheard of even today. Back at the dinner in Butte, uh, T.R. asked for a cross-section of Butte's community to come to dinner. Oh, no, that means probably Cornish and Chinese people. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh no, the shame. Uh, throw in some uh, Italians, Greeks, Swedes, and oh, even some people of color, too. Fucking people losing their fucking minds. Damn. So Clark was pissed, and he retreated to his Butte mansion. <laughs> like the fucking penguin. Still... <laughs> <laughs> Could be worse. My nose could be gushing blood. Spends a little time in Butte there because he had a mansion in Manhattan next to J.P. Morgan. It's a Jeep wagon near park next to that thing. Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking at the smokestack in Anaconda. You can and s- it's fucking gigantic. You can see it from like... 10 miles away. Holy shit. I'm, I'm looking at the base of it, and there's a Jeep parked next to it, and it's fucking looks like a Microscopic. <laughs> Damn. All right, I'll post that shit. Anyway. Wasn't that the tallest structure in, in the West for forever? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's sizable. <laughs> so uh, Clark has a mansion in Manhattan, uh, 31 bathrooms. You know, because just in case you have diarrhea and you yeah. can't make it more than five feet. <laughs> uh, so after the dinner in Butte, Clark vowed to stop TR at every turn. I need to build a 40-bathroom mansion so I can't have him in impeding my robber baronry. <laughs> he also had a plan to start a town in the middle of the desert and call it Las Vegas. Oh. Ooh. And, and just a- build a hotel that's nothing but bathrooms. Mm-hmm. 120 bathrooms. You know what America needs? No bedrooms. Bathrooms. <laughs> So 1904, TR won in the biggest margin in all history for President Day there. Yeah. Uh, but the gap between poor and rich were never greater. Uh, 26% of all boys between 10 and 15 worked full shifts away from home. 
Uh, one of the first order of business was to transfer the reserves to Pinchot's agency and a small budget to hire and train rangers. So this is the beginning of the real Forest, Forest Service. Service. So the Forest Service was made in 1905, and Pinchot was its first chief. Cool. So fire was a concern of the Forest Service. Why would that be? I don't know. Their uh, only weakness. <laughs> the Pistigo Fire in 1871 killed 1,100 people in Wisconsin. 1894 in Hinkley, Minnesota, killed 413. Uh, of course, San Francisco, Seattle, and Chicago had all burned. Right. Well, along there was with a, many other small towns. There was a beefy one down here in the uh, Lower Cascades too. That I can't remember what year. Uh, yeah, that was 1901, maybe. That's the one where like the lady crawled into a creek and like was underwater, but still got burned. <laughs> Fuck. The I mean, she y- survived, but she's got boiled alive, pretty much. Yeah, I think that's called the occult fire. Yeah, the occult fire. Yeah, occult. Sick. After the little town by Vancouver, there or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So Pinchot promised to fight fires. That's kind of the excuse for making a forest service, even though he knew it was just a natural part of a wilderness. So Pinchot was known as the chief or GP. The Rangers were called little GPs. What what does GP stand for? Gifford Pinchot. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Little Jeeps. Yeah, that okay, that should have been very obvious, but I'm like, <laughs> general practitioner? J- j- yeah, yeah. So they hurry off and drew borders for the new Forest Service lands. The rangers worship Pincho. I don't know why. <laughs> I am now picturing a very culty kind of like, the night time is the right time. All hail Pincho. <laughs> Wearing antlers and shit. Fucking. <laughs> Check out my golden plates. <laughs> So the job was considered one of the noblest things you could do for your country, even though the pay was poor, $900 a year for an assistant ranger. <laughs> oh, now That's they, now they of, make at least twice, twice that much. So. Yeah, right. That's barely half of what a grade school teacher earns Oof. in today's money anyway. Senators Hayburn and Clark plotted to keep the Forest Service budget small and seize on any opportunity to humiliate the Forest Service. Wow, like, this is kind of like, cool. Like pantsing them? Yeah, right. <laughs> Photoshopping like some uh, naked lady on a, you know, body onto just, his face and or just p- post it around the office. Making trees with like googly eyes and buck teeth. Like, <laughs> look, they're raising defective trees. Look how fucking stupid I am. <laughs> yeah. I do uh, like the, I like how it's, it's like, you know, the, the fucking the man is like oh we're gonna defund this motherfucker and like like humiliate him to till he quits and then like his his little gps are just like all hell yeah, yeah. Kilford pincho <laughs> i will die for these ferns <laughs> uh people talked about pincho though why wasn't he married and he still lived with his parents oh fuck off no. <laughs> uh he was aloof and distant and will often be by himself in the wilderness but the press dubbed him, quote, the most eligible of Washington bows. Oh, okay. And that's me now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the word? It's a uh, dendrophiliac. Where do you like? Tree fucker. Tree fucker, yeah. Dandruff. Dend- dendrophilia. Yeah, that would dendrophilia? be Dendrophilia? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Pinchot did have a love, but she had been dead for 11 years. Ah. So he kept her in his fucking suitcase. <laughs> no, he planted a tree in her corpse. And- oh, there you go. Absorb uh, the nutrients, like it's straight some Avatar shit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
they met at Vanderbilt's Biltmore Estate in Asheville, North Carolina. She was there for tuberculosis. Mm. Uh, Pinchot was there to, I think, manage the trees. Both were 28. Uh, they are engaged, but she died of uh, consumption in 1894. Uh, Pinchot dressed in all black for the next two years. She did uh, come Dyed back. Hair black, yeah, it's all like over his face. Picture, yeah, listening to the Cure, international espionage. <laughs> yeah. She did come back from the dead and came to Gifford. What? And came to tell him things. <laughs> oh shit! That took a turn. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about psychotic episodes. Yeah. yeah okay. So they would talk Otherwise, to each other and this walk could together. A very different podcast. <laughs> Showed her things, you know, it's like, well, look not, at this fern. This is not the last podcast on the left. <laughs> hey, look at that fern over here. Want to see my ghost pussy? Yeah. Let's get out of here. And uh, put in the MacGruber sound effects. Oh, cool. Yeah. cool, we haven't beat that fucking horse <laughs> in a while. <laughs> Two years after death, uh, Gifford stopped wearing black and his mood improved. He started wearing forest green. And he found a uh, <laughs> fucking Amanita Muscaria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he had a skip and a step. That's because he got married to the ghost. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so he did find mushrooms in the Wow. Woods. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed I didn't get to read the same research material you did, but I think it's better that you just drop that fucking shit on me without being aware of it. I want, I want, to, I want to be at that wedding. That's what I want. He's got all his fucking like rangers, rangers <laughs> like all oh, hell. You uh-huh. see her, you see her too, right? Yes, sir. Yes, we do. We see her. <laughs> all right, good communion. Here's your mushroom. Communion. Yeah. Here's your mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> now go out and kick a robber baron in the dick. Yeah, <laughs> of course, this didn't sit well with his mother, um, who thought Gifford had a special calling. Uh, special is the ghost was interfering word. with that though. God damn it, interfering ghosts. But Gifford couldn't please his mother. Uh, a full eight years after Laura's death, she was still there. Uh, he would write, thank God for the light in his diaries there in 1902. Just like over and over, like all work and no play makes Jack and all boy. <laughs> but there were certain times she wouldn't come when summoned. Those were dark days or cloudy days. Oh, right? she's a solar-powered ghost? Yep, and when he needed help, he tried psychics and attended secret seances. Oh, fuck yeah, this guy's yep. awesome. Even though mysticism was popular at the time, he held the seances in secret, being a man in a prominent prominent position. Some Bohemian Grove bullshit. So, Laura the ghost remained uh, his ghost lover for two decades. Ghost lover. Never courted anyone else for those 20 years. The ghost? The ghost was pretty faithful? Oh, no, yeah. no. The ghost, oh. the ghost was an open relationship. <laughs> ghost. She hooked up with, like, Abraham Lincoln. I'm the polyamorous poltergeist. 
Uh, all the meanwhile, he had the uh, Gifford had the president as a friend. That's I man. This is some fucking super friend shit. It's like the ghost, the imperialist, <laughs> warmonger president, <laughs> and the nature elf guy. <laughs> his power is like his. He just has minions. Yeah, yeah. Get him. So Smurfs. he would do all the stupid shit that Teddy wanted to do, like swimming in the dark. Climbing rocks. I, we know that's fucking dangerous in the old west, dude. Swimming mm-hmm. in the dark. Dude, swimming at all because <laughs> most people couldn't. <laughs> so uh, Gifford would help him write speeches. They would play tennis and chop wood together. Chop or, wood together. <laughs> or go play, on an evening sail. Play tennis and chop wood. <laughs> uh, February 1907, Gifford was struck by an idea. Way to encompass all of Teddy Roosevelt's doings. Build a mechanical Teddy Roosevelt the size of a building. With a horse body. Use my ghost wife to power it. <laughs> so he came up with conservationism. Oh, fake kind of, news, made up word. Mm-hmm. It became the heart of his administration. Going to go conserve the shit out of these buffalo. <laughs> yeah. And TR took to using that word in all his speeches and proposals to Congress. T.R. took ever more to expanding national forests and national parks and prosecuted timber thieves and uh, even put a senator in prison, John Mitchell of Oregon. Oh, awesome. cool. For Get his some. role in a land scheme. You hear that fucking Louis Gomer, you piece of shit? Yeah. Matt Getz. Uh That was all with help from Pinchot's Rangers. Uh, John Mitchell dies in prison for tooth complications from an extraction. Wow. Prison dentist, that's that's some shit I never want to meet. No. But uh, he was going too fast for some. The most powerful voice in the house, Joseph Gurney, Uncle Joe Cannon. His nickname was Uncle Joe, I guess. Okay. He was of, uh, of Illinois. He joined with Hayburn to stop him. Uh, quote, not one cent for scenery, he said. Oh, what a dick. Now we must turn the entire planet into an industrial zone (laughs) full of little grubby, coal-covered children making widgets and toilets Uh, for the 30-bathroom bathroom. Uh, His government service dated back to Abe Lincoln. Did you say Abe Lincoln? Uh, Term limits. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. In the Senate, the pushback was led by Hayburn. Uh, He had a triple set of jowls. Awesome. (laughs) So he was an easy mark for cartoonists. Well, oh, was Thomas Nass still doing shit then, or was he dead? I don't know. Look was up he, Uncle Joe Cannon of Illinois. We'll, we'll see. One article said he was, quote, the most humorless, least liked person in the Senate. Oh, so he's Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. Sick. He even blocked the creation of fine art, saying, quote, he despised the artist's temperament. What wow. A, yeah, this guy's a cunt. Wow. Like, all, all profit, no culture. Mm-hmm. Super duper. Well, I mean, the photo of me just looks like a kind of a Mennonite dude. Kind of, yeah. Mm. That might be more 1860s than 1900s. True. I guess I'll have to add 1900. He reserved a special wrath for Pinchot, calling him regularly before committees to explain his Forest Service budget, which he didn't have much for. He questioned him aggressively like a man questioning another for murder. When it came out that Pincho was taking his salary and giving it to clerks, he tried to get the appropriation withdrawn. Wait, what? So Gifford was rich, so he was giving his oh, salary so he's, he's to giving the other salary people. To, to like other his like whatever uh, yeah his underlings. Oh, here's a 
an edgy ass cartoon with apparently Joe Cannon not letting Roosevelt spend any tariff money or something. It's like Family Circus, kind of like yeah. the anti punchline. Mm-hmm. The very idea of forestry was a joke to Hayburn. Finally, after years of clashes, Hayburn thought he had a way to stop TR. A 1907 amendment was tacked on to a spending bill. It took away the president's authority to create new national forests without Congress's approval. So, uh, TR had a week to sign that bill. Basically, he had to sign it to keep the government in operation. But why not create as much national forests in that week before he had to sign the bill? That's what Pinchot suggested to TR. And, of course, TR loved the idea. So now they're going to get all this done in a week. It's kind of it's kind of similar to uh, what's his name? Who's the last president we talked about? They, like he was a lame duck, and he's like fucking national forest. Get it all in <laughs> oh, before uh, I leave. Uh, fucking Grover Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. So TR asked for maps from the Forestry Service, and they got busy. The floor of an entire room in the White House was covered with maps. Great doing the Thomas Jefferson again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm also this is the this is the uh, uh, montage cutscene. Yep. It's just like. So TR issued a proclamation protecting 16 million acres of land in six states. Then he signed the bill that would prevent him from doing that again. The joke was on them, said Pinchot. Uh, Hayburn and his friends were pissed. The Senate delegation marched to the White House. It's always a good idea. Yeah, I have fun with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> especially well, especially when it's fucking Theodore Roosevelt in the White House. Mm-hmm. And Pinchot. Well, they were, Pinchot's uh, not as known for the shooting as much. <laughs> well, they couldn't help themselves, so they started laughing as this delegation walked up the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. That's the best, the best way to fight. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that was loud enough for the senators to hear. Uh, Hayburn was steaming. He arranged to cut off any funds to publicize the new national forests. So, What an absolute piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But TR and Pinchot got what they wanted. They had tripled the national forest to nearly 180 million acres. They introduced a new term to the public debate, that conservationism. And they shifted oversight from patronage bureaucrats to professional foresters. Like, for Pinchot, yeah. who just... Gifford Panchovia. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I just I was reminded. Uh, we have a friend. Was it David who got the the tattoo? He was gonna get con- uh, conversation piece. Oh, tattooed. that's uh, that's uh, Colin. Oh, Colin, that's right. He's getting conversation piece tattooed on his like belly yeah, it's chest. On, it's across his belly. Yeah, yeah but uh, they, they're all fucked up doing the tattoo, like all <laughs> shit faced, and he fucked up. He put he put one letter in front of the other on accident, so he had to change it to con- conservation, conservation piece. piece. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it was David that gave him the tattoo. That's right, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> so now they have hundreds of rangers, and they went to work. Uh, Pincho had a plan for fire, too. Quote, to discover the fire as soon as possible and fight it as hard as he can and refuse to leave till the last ember dies. Wow, how innovative and not <laughs> totally, duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, before it was just, they just would pray. Yeah, you'd yeah, pray mm-hmm. it away or, mm-hmm. yeah. Blame it on the Indians. Send the fire to conversion camp. I'll just blame it on the Indians sure. and attack the reservation. Oh, God. If we kill enough Indians, these fires will stop. <laughs> yeah. So the Rangers also had the job to kick out saloons and whorehouses 
in the now illegal towns of the national forests. Bad. I, I, I mean, I know what you're saying there. You know, like there's the little settlements, but I was literally just picturing like, you know, broad swath of forest with just a saloon in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> That's what most of them were. Right, saloon, fucking, get the fuck out of here. Fucking whorehouse next to the waterfall and shit, you know? <laughs> well, if you ever been to... Uh, uh, Cougar? What's the one in the Cascades, Ghost Town? Oh, Monte Cristo? Oh, yeah, Monte Cristo. Basically, the first bar was just a stump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a sign there. It's like, this was the first bar. It was just a big stump that they served stuff on. Cool. Yep. <laughs> uh, Timbermen were outraged that they had to answer to these kids that were just out of college. They called them Teddy's Green Rangers. Yeah. Uh, there was also no, grub definitely, stakers. Definitely picturing the Green Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. Just lots of them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they all got the fucking knife flute thing. power! <laughs> so the Rangers also had to take on grub stakers. Who were people who would put up a shack just to prove ownership. Yeah. It's basically squatters rights type ordeal. Grub Staker does sound like a weird fucking greasy skin restaurant. You, well, there is a, like you run into in Montana and stuff, there's places called the I know there's a grub steak saloon somewhere and there's a grub steak restaurant. Oh, okay. So uh, they would get 160 acres just for putting up a shack and then sell it to the timber company. Uh in the Bitterroot Mountains, nearly ninety percent of the homesteads were frauds. Uh, the Rangers also had to pay for their own uniforms and horsies. So, God bless them for doing that. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, you fucking soy fucking... <laughs> soy trash. <laughs> trash. <laughs> uh, to help build a ranger station in the St. Joe area of Idaho, they hired Ed Pulaski. Yes. Not Bill Prasky, Ed Pulaski. Not Roman Polanski. Nope. He he knew the carpentry, metal forging, and riding, and route finding, and other survival skills. Yeah. His father came from Poland. I like Uh, how metal forging is a fucking survival skill. That's a high level, you know, a little more than forging berries. And He's like, I also do uh, Arduino programming. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was no relation to Count Pulaski, who was a revolutionary war hero, I guess. He was middle-aged, much older than the other rangers. Uh, Big Ed, he was called. Uh, at age 16, he left home in Ohio for the Rockies, working as a miner, but never hit it big. He tried to enlist in the Spanish-American War, but was rejected for being too old. Uh, but Pulaski was well-respected around Wallace in the Bitterroot Mountains. Uh, same couldn't be said about the rest of the rangers, though. A uh, little town sprang up around the new ranger station there on the St. Joe, they named it Pinchot, but it soon the Milwaukee Railroad came in. Their deal was worked out before the, they named it a national forest. So they had to move their new town. Uh, they moved it upstream, and they named uh, it Avery for William Rockefeller's grandson. Oh, great. Oh, super. <laughs> fucking bootlicking fucking. <laughs> right? Maybe he'll send us a fountain or something. So now we're getting into the end of TR's administration. Mm -hmm. Uh, He called upon his hand-picked successor, William H. Taft. Oh, big bill. Despite his girth, he was a smaller man than Roosevelt, or so he felt. He wasn't as as bombastic. Oh. TR was a human volcano. Taft was a putting green. Awesome. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) 
He was he was kind of uh, what's the word? He wasn't as boisterous. He was kind of meek. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I just I actually just finished a book uh, called the the Imperial Cruise, and it was a lot of it about Taft and uh, Roosevelt's daughter. Oh, Alice. Yeah, Alice. They went on like a big little mousey. They went on like a big boat trip around the Pacific. Like went to Japan and uh, Philippines and shit. Well, Taft spoke in a low monotone and had an annoying random chuckle. <laughs> oh God! From so, all the brains that he ate, he's like the, uh, the doctor from The Simpsons. Yep. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Taft loved baths and long naps. <laughs> fucking Garfield. His wife called him Sleeping Beauty. Oh. And I'm just picturing Taft as being one of these guys that, you know, sleeps like open mouthed, like spiders crawling in and out. You know, <laughs> ripping farts and tossing and turning. So, despite being as popular as ever, TR kept to his promise only to serve two terms. He could have ran for a third and wouldn't upset anybody because... Well, it wasn't a law yet, right? No. Okay. And plus he was he, 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 vice president when the first term started. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And right. he ended up running again later anyhow, but That's did right. not win. Mm-hmm. So Taft aimed to please TR, and Taft won in the landslide and defeated William Jennings Bryan. Uh, he invited Pinchot to this meeting too, and the three talked late into the night. TR was convinced that conservationism and the rest of his agenda would be central in the Taft administration. But Pinchot didn't trust him. He thought Taft was superficial, somewhat silly, and malleable. He said Taft, quote, successfully followed and chuckled his way through life. (laughs) Laughter cares away. (laughs) Yeah. So Pinchot thought of quitting. Uh, He couldn't work for a man he didn't respect. But TR talked him into it. That night, Taft pledged to TR and Gifford to carry on the conservationism. Early on, their clear signs Congress would have their way with Taft, simply because he liked to avoid conflict. Oh. Hayburn was preparing to cripple the Forest Service with a thousand little cuts. Then TR goes to Africa. Oh, yeah, when he needed to kill absolutely everything on the African continent for Mm -hmm. conservation. And Pinchot goes out west. He found his rangers full of misery, uh, budgetary cutbacks and no raises and no money to hire fire patrols. Uh, Pinchot promised to take the fight to Congress for some more money. Just picturing all the rangers just sitting all dejected on tree stumps and stuff, like, you know. A bunch of empty cans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sad raccoons. But then them. Pinchot shows up and they all kind of perk up. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are we going to do? Tell yeah. us what to do. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, just leave it. Where did that come from? Even? It was sitting on the desk behind you. Not anywhere near the fucking desk. <laughs> well, it's Pincho's wife showed up <laughs> yeah, to yeah, fucking yeah. slap it off the table. Uh, but Gifford clashed with Taft. Uh, the White House was no longer a fun place without TR. No, no ponies and elevators. Yeah, I said there's just baths and naps. <laughs> Welcome to the bath nap residence. Mm-hmm. Before TR left, he gave Taft one last word of advice. Keep off the back of a horse. Too fucking fat. One had already collapsed under his weight. Oh, Oh, man. So the progressive area seemed to have stalled. Then Mark Twain died. Oh, no shit, man. Things are fucking nosediving. Mm -hmm. And Pinchot fell into a deep funk. He grew moody and somber. Uh, He didn't think Taft was evil or or open to corruption. 
nor stupid. He was weak rather than wicked. Pinchot's closest ally in D.C. was James Garfield, the son of the assassinated president, mm-hmm. who also died with and have poopy hands in him, too. <laughs> Cause of death? Poopy hands. Poopy hands. Inserted. One uh, of Taft's first act as president, he, is, he fired Garfield from the Secretary of Interior, and he replaced him with Richard Ballinger, a Seattle mayor and lawyer, with ties to some of the biggest land barons in the West. Bearhauser and bastard. Mm-hmm. And Ballinger believed that conservation crusade had gone too far, and Pinchot was kind of stunned by the doings there by Taft. Adding to his troubles, he had more trouble summoning his ghost wife. Damn it. <laughs> he's running out of mushrooms, I guess. Yep. Well, it's because uh, they cut all the forest money, so his little ranger elves can't go seed more mycelium for right. the mushroom patch. <laughs> uh, he is even thinking of courting others, maybe even live ones. Uh, he also started having troubles with his mentor, John Muir. They drifted apart and began to feud. Muir thought Gifford was drunk on power and status, which might have been partially true. Uh, Gifford was kind of a practical conservationist, though. Uh, Muir saw it best not touched at all. Turned personal when the suggested dam in the Hetch Hetchy Valley. Uh, Muir had taken his case to TR in 1905, but the great quake of 1906 in San Francisco, it became urgent to help San Francisco, and Pinchot favored the dam. Oh. Mm. Which is still a sore spot. Oh yeah, today with the Hetch Hetchy. Yep. Yeah, look up pictures. It looks like Yosemite, but mm-hmm. underwater. Fuck. Yep. But they needed that shit for all the city growth. And well, it's not quite the same as uh, what's the one where they built the aqueduct to L.A. too. Oh but yeah. That was more like draining a natural river. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now California has always been fucked on their water policy. Yep. Which is funny because they only have like 10 ounces of water in the whole fucking state. Well, yeah, because they <laughs> do stupid shit like grow shit that shouldn't grow there. It's <sighs> cool. They figured out a way to use fra- reuse fracking water, so that's good. Oh, excellent. That's good. Spray that all over your fucking... Oranges. Oh, is it oranges? I was going to say avocados or fucking pistachios or all the other stupid shit. Yeah. Well, need some nuclear waste in there or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been a good buildup. Next episode, we're going to actually get to the forest fire. Hopefully. I hope so. Or we'll just start one if we don't. (laughs) All right, then let's go out in a hail of forest fire.